Tony, today we're going to talk about finding money in retirement. Well, Jeff, I like to find money wherever I can. Yes, you do, Tony. Yes, you do. (laughs) This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, Your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial, and thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk this week. We have a great show. We're going to talk about finding money in retirement and explain what that means here a little bit. But uh, first of all, I want to introduce our lovely remote host, Mr. Tony Schwer. How is Tony this week? (laughs) Remote host. Yeah, we're not in the same room today when we record. Sometimes we are uh, in the studio together, but this week has been crazy busy for me. I'm trying to this week get my daughter ready for college. She uh, starts her first year of college here in a couple of weeks. We have a move-in date. And so we've got to, you know, purchase the futon to put under the lofted bed and a mini fridge and, you know, all those supplies she needs for, for college and for her dorm room. So I've been dealing with that plus trying to revive my lawn from the drought. Uh, and between the, that's a full-time job right there, which I have not been successful with this year. The great drought of 2021. Yes. Uh, we need more rain. Well, that's exciting. Is she excited about it? Nervous? Some oh, of, she's excited. Oh, yeah. she's so excited about it. She's not nervous at all. And maybe awesome. she should be, but she's not. She's, she's going full steam. She, she's so excited, but how about you? I know you've been busy. You've been meeting with clients and talking to our listeners out there. Uh, it seems like uh, your work never, my schedule's nothing compared to yours. No. <laughs> no, we're staying busy, having fun and enjoying the summer and nice to have some cooler weather here over the past week after the scorcher the week before that ruined your lawn. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah, all is well and hard to believe we're, the end of summer is not all that far away. Oh, I know. I mean, pro football is going to start up, but preseason games start like in a week. So yeah. wow. I can't believe summer just goes by so quick. And uh, it yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I wish it lasted a little longer, although I love the fall too. So now what are we talking about today on the show for a topic? What do you have for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So yeah, if you're retired or you're close to it, there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things to consider. You know, where do you want to live? And do you want to work a few hours a week to do something fun? Do you have enough cash coming in to maintain the lifestyle you've been accustomed to over the last 60 or however many years? So there's all big questions that require some good answers. But some things about retirement preparation that fly under the radar for certain folks in certain situations. And one of the biggest questions that you should ponder is what to do if you'll need to borrow money after you've clocked out of the office for the last time. 
And at first blush, a lot of people might simply presume that borrowing money after retirement is impossible. If you don't have any income, how am I going to get a loan? But if you do need to, there are some options that you can consider and it's, it can be more difficult. It's, it's not impossible. So if you need a loan while you're retired, you want to craft a plan that doesn't put your broader retirement strategy at too much risk. Anytime you borrow money, there are risks involved with that. So those are some things we'll talk through uh, as we navigate today. Well, I think you've hit on something that's really interesting there. I mean, I've never thought about that. Uh, what if you do need a loan in retirement? I've never thought about taking a loan in retirement. I mean, how many people, while considering their retirement, think they may need a loan a few years into retirement? Probably not many. Yeah, it's not too, uh, you know, it's not too uncommon. It's not too common. It does happen. So uh, there are some things you want to think through and weighing your options. There's a great article we ran across in preparing for the show today through Investopedia called 10 Ways to Borrow When Retired. And the first option it talks about is having a mortgage loan, which uses the home that you're looking to buy as collateral. So if you need to purchase a house, that's where that would come into play. And for many retirees, this one may be tricky because of income requirements, but depending on the type of assets that you have and their liquidity and the amount of assets that you have, that type of loan may not be out of reach. So that's one option. Second one is a home equity loan. And with this, you're borrowing against the equity that you've already built up in your current home. So generally a borrower needs to have between you know, 15 to 20% equity in their home and a loan to value ratio of 80 to 85%. And you would see a credit score of at least 620. Every lender is going to be a little bit different with their requirements. That's why working with a good mortgage broker, they can help you to navigate and understand your situation and find the best company that could be the lender for you. Um, another option to consider is what's called a home equity line of credit or HELOC, H-E-L-O-C. And it's similar to home and a home equity line uh, loan. Both of these loans are secured by your home. Now, a home equity loan gives you an upfront lump sum and you pay that back over time with a fixed rate and payment. But a line of credit, it's only used when you need it and generally has a variable interest rate and the payments therefore also fluctuate. So those are a couple different options there. Well, that's interesting. And, you know, I, I can't imagine this, but where does potentially refinancing your home fit into all of this? Yeah. One option is a, what's called a cash out refinance loan. And that enables you to refinance for more than you owe, but less than what the home is worth. So if your house is worth $400,000 and you owe two fifty, dollars you know, being able to have more um, access than that $250,000 that you owe, but uh, less than the four hundred, dollars So that extra amount becomes a secured cash loan. But you want to be aware that unless you're refinancing for a shorter term, you'll end up increasing the amount of time it's going to pay off, take you to pay off your mortgage. So if you have to do it, it, it is an option, but you want to be aware of, again, loaning or borrowing money is going to have costs associated with it. Another option is the reverse mortgage loan, and that supplies a regular income stream or a lump sum that's determined by the value of your home. And that's paid back when you pass away or you move out of your house. And we're going to talk about this option in more detail 
later in the show because there's some some dangers that come along with it and it's not the right fit for everyone. In fact, I would say very few people it would be a good fit for. So how about auto loans then? I, I would imagine that most people are going to purchase at least one new car during retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, auto loans, there are less requirements around those because uh, it's secured by the vehicle that you're purchasing and easier to repossess a car than it is a, a house. Um, so auto loans have less of a hurdle, but sure. buying new wheels with cash, that means you won't have to mess with paying an interest, uh, but you want to make sure that you don't want to drain your savings if you have don't have enough in emergency funds that you can tap into. So uh, a little bit easier with an auto loan. Well, and that makes sense to me. I mean, that if a monthly auto payment is manageable, you could go that route rather than taking a big chunk of cash out of the bank, right? Yeah, it is an option. We want to look at interest rates. And, you know, generally I would say if you can pay for it with cash, pay for it with cash instead of incurring those interest payments, but everyone's situation is different. So we want to help you to evaluate your options there. Um, Another thing to look at is what's called a debt consolidation loan. And this is an unsecured loan that might help you refinance your current debt with a lower interest rate. So if you have credit cards, you're paying 15, 16, 18, 20% interest on, potentially consolidating those to have a lower interest rate overall. But this route is may mean that it's going to take you longer to pay off your debt uh, if it lowers your payment amount. So understanding what your options are, are there prepayment penalties and how all that works before moving into one of those. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, if you're a retiree who is in the market for a loan, working with somebody like yourself, an experienced financial services professional, is probably a good move, right? Yeah. And this is, these are the kind of things that we help our clients with is evaluating their options, their trade-offs. There's only so many pennies in a dollar. What makes the most sense based on your situation might be different from your neighbors or your your sister or what, whoever it might be. So understand your, your broad financial picture and we can help you to make some good decisions with some of these things. Another thing that people should look at is if they have student loans, which does happen on occasion for people that are walking into retirement, you got your, maybe your master's degree or your 40 year degree uh, later in life. If you have those student loans, failure to pay on those could mean part of your social security is withheld. So if you have concerns about that, you want to look into you know, deferments or forbearance and making sure that you're aware of your options. And I also want to mention that both unsecured loans and lines of credit might be another option for you to look at as well. And they're more difficult to get because they are unsecured, meaning they don't have an asset that's protecting if you're the lender and someone doesn't pay back, uh, you know, they don't have anything to protect them with that. But so they don't expose your assets to risk. You can use banks, credit unions, peer-to-peer loans that are funded by investors or credit cards with, you know, 0% introductory rates. But you want to be particularly careful with credit cards that offer things like that. Only take that credit card option if you know you can pay the entire thing off in that first year, whatever that 0% rate period is. So a lot of times after that, it's going to skyrocket and get in, you know, 15, 20% interest at that point. So any one of these options could be problematic. You want to understand your, your trade-offs and make some good decisions before you sign on the dotted line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's smart. So, uh, you know, obviously this is an important topic. And I think that a lot of people out there 
may not have thought about this, and I'm glad you brought it up today. Um, what do you have for us next? Yeah, the next area we talked a little bit about reverse mortgages a little bit ago, and sure. if you watch the uh, you're flipping through the channels late at night, and you see that handsome gentleman with the mustache <laughs> that used to play a, a private investigator in the '80s, drove a red sports car. You know, might you might think, well, gosh, why wouldn't I do that uh, if they say that's a good thing? I but, mean, if Magnum PI endorses <laughs> it, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> love that show. Love that yeah. show. Well, you have to take what he says seriously just based on the mustache, I think. Yes. Yes. It just draws you in. <laughs> <laughs> like a, It's like the tractor beam in Star Trek. <laughs> um, so it can be a fit for people, but it, generally you, you have to be at least age 62. You're a home ac- homeowner and allows you to convert your home equity into income. But like anything, reverse mortgages might be a good solution for some people, but not for others. So we'll spend a little bit of time, you know, talking about this. There are a number of negatives to consider, but if you don't have any other options, it might be a fit for you. But the first thing to look at is uh, it would impact your inheritance. So anything you might pass on to your loved ones when a homeowner with a reverse mortgage passes away, their spouse, their family would typically pay off the loan. And that means often selling the house to generate the assets needed to do that. Well, if the house sells for more than the remaining balance, that excess goes to your estate. But if it sells for less, your heirs don't see a dime and FHA insurance will often step in and make up that gap. So that's why you pay that mortgage insurance premium if you take out a reverse mortgage for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. And reverse mortgages uh, can be tricky. Everybody's situation is different, as you're always saying. And I think it's a fascinating part of the overall financial landscape. And they've changed over time. And I can recall a time when, uh, thanks in large part to aggressive marketing, it seemed like the perfect financial solution had fallen from the heavens into our laps with reverse mortgages. But there was some pushback. So as you implied, uh, like a lot of financial tools, it works really well for some people and doesn't work for others. Exactly. Yeah. You want to be aware of the pros and cons in that and understand the cost, the risk to you, the risk to your family. So, but it is, it is an option. Um, another thing to, to consider is if you think you might move relatively soon, whether for health reasons or by a choice, a reverse mortgage might not be the best play because of the significant upfront expenses, the lender fees, you know, mortgage insurance costs, things like that, that might come into play based on your, your loan. So, um, again, be aware of what you're moving into and beyond various loans, another common way for people in retirement to free up some extra money is to downsize. And on the surface, that seems like a pretty simple solution. I've got the house paid off and it's worth X. I can sell that, move into a house for less than X. Um, So you sell your house, buy a smaller one, and enjoy lower expenses along the way as well. But there's some hazards that you want to be aware of as you move along. And the first one is overestimating what your home is worth. And particularly nowadays with we know real estate prices keep climbing and I, I meet with clients every day that, uh, you know, our neighbor's house sold for this and I can't believe it. Ours is going to be worth that much as well. Uh, just because someone else has sold for that amount doesn't mean yours will. It might <laughs> be better or worse than that. Right. Um, you don't know all the ins and outs maybe of that neighbor's house and the market can change. It goes up and down. So 
You want to be aware of not overestimating that. If you work with a good real estate agent, they'll help you to navigate that and understand here's a reasonable expectation on what you can get for your home. So uh, that makes sense. And I think it's when it comes to housing and retirement and things like that, and earlier you mentioned reverse mortgages, you really need to be aware of what's going on. And I think that once again, lends itself to working with somebody like yourself, Jeff, a financial services professional. So uh, what's next? Yeah. A couple other things to think about. We talked about overestimating what your home is worth. People oftentimes will underestimate what their next home is going to cost them. So you want to do some research and understand the market and spend some time, you know, put some sweat equity into things and understand what you might actually spend if you did quote unquote downsize and uh, be aware of some of that. Another potential downsize to downsizing is forgetting to adequately consider tax implications. So if you've had your Uh home for a long time uh, and that's grown quite a bit, you've got it paid off. Well, a single person can typically exclude as much as $250,000 on that is from the IRS's eyes uh, for a couple half a million dollars. So be aware of what your, your taxable situation might be from that. The IRS has a publication. It's called IRS publication 523. It's titled selling your home. Google that will pop back, pop right up. And that will detail the tax implications of selling your home and uh, hopefully you've done a good job. If you haven't yet, make sure you've tracked your home improvements over the years and know what certain things have cost and save receipts and so forth. It's up to the IRS to prove that something isn't true in that situation. So you want to have some records to support uh, your cost basis calculation when you do sell your house. So those are some, some things to be aware of. Um, you'll look at you want to think at closing costs as well, legal fees, recording fees, and so forth that can come out of your profit. Right. And I think that's huge. So uh, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go, Jeff? I just want to encourage folks again to uh, give us a call, come in, sit down, whether face-to-face with masks on yet again, um, or (laughs) we do this virtually, as we can provide you with a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan, on your situation, and make sure, regardless of where you're at in your retirement journey, that you're making the most out of what you have today, and you're heading in the right direction based on your your goals and your dreams. So I encourage you to give us a call. Our phone number is 651-842-8406. Schedule that complimentary second opinion with us. You can also email us at info at financialpaladin.com. And we look forward to, to meeting with you. All right. Well, that sounds great, Jeff. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary in the opinions expressed.
Trust here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.